Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know the familiar account of our Lord's birth. St. Luke reports, in part, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Tonight, we heard an account that had happened about 1,500 years earlier. Moses was tending some of his flock, that is the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. He was in the wilderness and he came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, the very mountain where the people of Israel will later gather in God's presence and hear the law also known as Mount Sinai. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appears to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. When Moses was told to take off his sandals and come near, Moses, recognizing that he is a sinner and has no right to come into the presence of God, is now filled with fear. The parallels between the account of Moses here and also the account of the shepherds on the birth of our Lord, on the night of our Lord's birth, are certainly striking. For they are both watching sheep out in the country. They are both visited by an angel of the Lord. Both naturally are filled with fear. They both receive a great message, and they both learn of how God is going to deliver his people. Perhaps less obvious, though, in the account with Moses, both, though, uh, recount about, the, about Christ. They reveal Jesus. Of course, the birth of Jesus is all about Jesus. The angel makes a clear, very clear message, an announcement to the shepherds that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. He is that promised Messiah. He, his coming fulfills those prophecies of him that are found in the Old Testament. And hearing these announcements from the angels, the shepherds then go to Bethlehem to see this newborn king. And then after they they see him, they go and make widely known the things that they had heard and seen. Now, in the account with Moses, the message is much different, but there are still some similarities. So just as the shepherds go and see Jesus and tell of him, so Moses is being raised up by God to tell God's people that he is delivering them from their bondage in Egypt. Jesus himself is born to deliver mankind from the bondage of sin. And Moses is being raised up by God to deliver the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt. So Jesus is born to ultimately bring us into the paradise of God's presence by removing our sin from us. And Moses is being raised up to bring the Israelites into the paradise of the promised land. But how is Christ revealed in this account in Exodus 3? It goes much deeper than 
the parallels that we can draw between this account in Exodus 3 and the familiar account of Christ's birth in Luke 2. There are some interesting names used to describe God in this account with Moses. And perhaps you notice, but in our psalm, we were hearing about the name of God. And then as we sang, O come, O come, Emmanuel, we sang of seven different names for Jesus. So in, our, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire. An angel of the Lord appears to Moses. Verse 4 says, When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, to check out this burning bush, God called to Moses out of the bush. So in that verse, we hear the Lord and God being used synonymously and connected with the two verses earlier, the angel of the Lord. We can conclude that the angel of the Lord here, the Lord and God are all referring to the same person to God. We call these special appearances of God to his people theophanies. What a theophany is, it's a manifestation of God manifestation of God in the Old Testament in particular. You see, God does this because he is very personal. He is not distant, nor is he only interested in some sort of spiritual existence apart from matter. For God made the earth simply by speaking, and he made all that is in it also by speaking, as we testified in the Catechism. And so God comes to us in very personal and intangible ways. In this account with Moses and the burning bush, God came to Moses personally in a very unique way. This is a theophany, a manifestation of God. Now in the Old Testament, the words angel of the Lord frequently refer to the pre-incarnate Christ, to Jesus, prior to his incarnation and birth, as man. You see, Jesus has existed from eternity as the only begotten Son of God, as many passages teach, especially Psalm 2. And so he makes his appearance among his people at various times and in various ways throughout the Old Testament period. It is Christ who speaks to Moses in this burning bush. Christ Jesus promised to be with Moses as Moses goes up to the great Pharaoh saying, let my people go. And when they were delivered, Christ follows them and goes before them. Hear the word of the Lord, which the Holy Spirit caused to be recorded in 1 Corinthians 10. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under that cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. All right, so we can see that Jesus is present in the Old Testament. After all, Jesus did say, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. 
But how do we know that the angel of the Lord here is truly Jesus, especially in this account with Moses? To know this truth, we need to remember what the angel of the Lord says to Moses, and then we will look at some of the things that Jesus himself would later say during his public ministry. So we've already established the reality that the angel of the Lord is referring to God himself and the Lord himself, as we saw in Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 to 4. When Moses is selected for the lofty task of leading God's people out of their slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land, Moses had a few objections. Not surprisingly, Moses didn't really want to do this. It's certainly a greater task than what Moses could have possibly have done on his own. Moses also thinks Pharaoh and the Israelites will doubt Moses' authority. Aside from trying to get out of this lofty task, Moses then asks a good question, which we heard in verse 13. If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? The Lord God, that is the angel of the Lord, replied to Moses saying, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So here Jesus is calling himself, or here God is calling himself, I am. In the Hebrew, this is the divine name. Many believe it's pronounced something like Yahweh. And this phrase and the, the words I am that are also used in the Hebrew sound quite similar, aya, which are very, very, very similar. They, the, the words are related to each other. And so from this, we have the name I am as another name for God. Then in Jesus' public ministry, so let's fast forward, Jesus regularly referred to himself as I am. Not in the way that we do in English and just simply say, I am whatever. You know, I am tall, I am short, I am hungry. But Jesus is actually using this in a very technical way. For in the Greek, you don't need to use both I and am together. You can just pick one or the other and it makes perfect sense. Normally people didn't put the two words together. But here Jesus does. And he does so for a reason show that he is that same I am. So we heard in John chapter 15 tonight, Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And on another occasion, Jesus gets even more to the point. For Jesus says in John 8, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then Jesus adds some rather stunning words. A little bit later, when the people are getting kind of upset at Jesus because Jesus keeps on telling them the truth, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, or verily, verily, I say unto thee. When he is saying words like this, he is saying, listen up. I have something super important to say. Of course, all of his words are important. But then he continues saying, before Abraham was, I am. The crowd knew what Jesus was saying. 
they certainly would have re remembered the account of Moses at the burning bush. That Jesus is saying that he is the same person who spoke to Moses at Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Jesus is the same person then as this angel of the Lord who visited Moses on that holy ground. Jesus is truly our Lord and God as he is described in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, and as Thomas, after Jesus rises from the dead, would later rightly testify of Jesus. So the Lord Jesus revealed his name to Moses from the burning bush. That Jesus is the great I am. And Jesus would then declare, I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. For in Christ Jesus our Lord, we truly do have life. Just as the Israelites were rescued and brought into a good land through the hand of God using Moses as God's instrument, so also we are being brought into a good land of paradise, of heaven, with Jesus our Savior. For Jesus came down to earth as a true man in order to redeem us through the shedding of his innocent blood on our behalf on the cross. Jesus came to Moses in a very special way and delivered his people. He truly ushered in a new era for God's people as he rescued them from their slavery in Egypt and brought them into the promised land. You could call this an Old Testament Christmas of sorts. And when Jesus came in the flesh, he was born in Bethlehem. He came in a very special way to deliver God's people from their sins. He, just like he had done when the people of Israel were brought out of Egypt, ushered in a new era for God's people, fulfilling the Old Testament laws and prophecies and granting us eternal life by grace through faith in him. There are numerous times in the Old Testament in which the pre-incarnate Christ visits his people through various theophanies. They do, in a sense, prefigure his coming in the flesh, in which Jesus will then make his dwelling among us. We rejoice at the gifts that he came to bring, both in the Old Testament period and at his incarnation. We rejoice that he continues to give us his gifts and that he is present even now through his word and through the sacraments. May God grant you joy as you prepare to celebrate our Lord's incarnation. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. We continue by singing the canticle as printed in your bulletin.